Welcome to the New Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you are encouraged by this message by Pastor Tom Sturbins. First Samuel 16, beginning with verse 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul? Since I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go. I'll send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. For I've selected a king for myself among his sons. But Samuel said, how can I go? When Saul hears of it, he will kill me. When the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. You shall invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I'll show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me the one whom I designate to you. So Samuel did what the Lord said and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the city came trembling to meet him and said, Do you come in peace? (laughs) I like that. Prophet shows up and the leaders of the city want to know, Do you come in peace? That's what they ask me when I walk into a buffet. (laughs) He said, In peace I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. He also consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. And when they entered, he looked at Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointing is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees, for God looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Next, Jesse made Shema pass by. And he said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Thus, Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But, the, but Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are these all the children? And he said, well, there remains yet the youngest. And behold, he's tending the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him for we will not sit down until he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was, he was ruddy with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. Father, we come to you right now. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the promise that your word will not return unto you void, but do that which you please and accomplish the thing whereunto you sent it. So I pray this morning that we would have ears to hear and eyes to see what your spirit is saying to your church. And that we would not just be hearers only of the word, but we would be effectual doers of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... You may be seated. So go back to the uh, first verse. For those of you who are expecting Pastor Tom, I say this every time I come here, lower your expectations this morning. It's going to be okay. He'll be back next time. But for right now, it's, you know, it's not lobster. But it's going to be a good hamburger. It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. 
Go back to verse 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul? Let me talk to you about that for a minute. The last couple of years, like no other time in recent memory, we've had more loss, more disruption, more unexpected cataclysmic circumstances, the loss of jobs, careers even. Businesses, money, finances, I mean, we've lost people, spouses, grandparents, children. We've lost so many, it's incalculable how much loss has happened in the last couple of years. We've been to more funerals than we were accustomed to going. There, there seemed to be a kind of a cadence to how often you went to a funeral, and then that was completely disrupted. Suddenly you found yourself, people dying, and funerals you couldn't even attend. Couldn't even mourn. People in hospitals, and you can't be by their bedside as they take their last breath. We have experienced a lot of loss. Amen? Amen. Now, Rhea did not know until, uh, I don't think she knew, until uh, Matt came out and Pastor Matt came out and announced I was preaching. She didn't know I was preaching. Unless somebody told you. Somebody tell you beforehand? Hmm? I don't know. I don't. Does that mean stop? I don't know what that means. Oh, 10 minutes before. And so when she was drilling down, the Holy Spirit was having her drill down. Did you hear that right at the end? When she was when she was singing, what, what were you singing again? What, you, what, what were you saying when you kept prophetically? You were talking about you're talking about loss. You're talking about grief. What were you talking about? Oh yeah, yeah, disappointment. That was it. She was talking about uh, laying down all the disappointment. That's one of the things that's really come with all this grief is the disappointment because we had plans. Are you here this morning? I mean, I can come down there where I spit on you. <clears throat> How many have never heard me preach ever? Can you lift your hand? Well, y'all don't come to church much, do you? Um, Okay, here's how it goes. If you talk back to me, if you respond to what's being said, then I keep going. So you say amen, hallelujah. You can say boom shakalaka, it's okay. We'll take that. But if you are quiet, I just feel like I need to say it three more times. Okay? Right. See, when you lose something or someone that you weren't planning on, you know, it's different when someone's sick for 10 years. It's different when they're 105 years old than it is when they're 10. It just is. It's different when they were healthy one day and 10 days later they were gone. When you got a degree or got some training or 
been in something and building something for 20 years, and then suddenly, in a puff of smoke and a COVID test, it was over. Your business, your career evaporated. There's a grief that grabs hold of us. We may not have even called it grief, but that's what it is. And Samuel is locked in grieving over the loss, the bad decisions, the poor choices that Saul has made. God's had to reject Saul because of his unrighteousness. And and he wants to know, Samuel, how long are you going to grieve? That's interesting. I'm not saying we shouldn't grieve because to not grieve is dysfunctional, right? You ever met somebody who didn't grieve? They're, oh, in trouble, right? I mean, the room's a shrine. There's, I mean, they haven't moved on. I mean, it's like you can get locked into something, whether it's denial or whether it's grief. You're locked in this 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 overwhelming sense of disappointment and loss because it did not happen the way it was supposed to happen. And I don't even know how to feel about it. I did everything I was supposed to do, you tell yourself. And look what I obeyed the Lord. I did what you asked. I came to church. I paid my tithe. I denied myself. I was kind to those jokers who were jerks. I did all this junk you asked me to do. And is this what I get in return? Okay, I'll keep talking about that. Man, I'm here to tell you something. We can get locked in that sense of disappointment, and it's paralyzing. We're looking for somebody to blame. We're angry. We don't know what to do with the anger. Some of you, you're so respectful of the Lord, you haven't had an honest conversation with him yet. I remember I was in school first time. And a movie came out called The Apostle with, uh, uh, what's the Joker's name? Uh, Robert Duvall, right? I love that movie. Right. And I mean, when I told people that in my ministry classes, they were freaking out. I said, it's one of the most honest portrayals I've seen in a while. And they go, what do you mean? He had an affair on blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, listen, let me tell you something. Can I tell you something? People been sleeping with people for a long time. Y'all act like it ain't never happened. But that ain't what I'm talking about. And I'm not condoning. I'm not, oh God, I don't have time to qualify everything I'm saying. Can y'all just not be stupid and know that I don't mean dumb things? Let's just assume I don't mean stupid stuff. It'll go faster. Oh, my God, he didn't. I feel like I got to have a section at the end of every sermon. Ten things I didn't say. (laughs) Right? 
What I thought was honest, he was up in his room and he was upset and he was yelling at God and somebody brought that up in that classroom. And they're like, I just don't, a real minister of the gospel would not be yelling at the Lord. I said, well, you ain't met no real minister of the gospel, boy. Because I was yelling at him last night. Oh my God, you'd yell at the Lord. Listen, he can take it. You know why? Because he's, you know, God. He's not fragile. And sometimes what happens is you want to be angry. You are angry. You don't want to admit you're angry because you're really angry at the Lord and you're afraid to have the conversation and he wants to have the conversation with you. He ain't afraid of the questions. He's not afraid of your disappointment. He's not afraid to give an account of why. And even if, even if the timing for the why is not now, he's the God of all comfort. Have the conversation. But there comes a point where God says, listen, we got to move on. You don't wear the black armband forever. We don't keep the room as a shrine. There comes a time where it's time to go. It didn't happen the way you planned. It didn't happen the way you thought. You've lost things you never thought that you would lose. You've stood at gravesides you never thought you'd stay by. You've had to kiss goodbye careers that you never thought would go away. But I'm here to tell you that the Lord has come by this morning through this guy right here to ask you how long will you grieve over what you lost. Fill your horn with oil and let's go. There is fresh oil for an unexpected season. Fill your horn with oil and go. (laughs) All right. We got that down. Now, let me talk to some other people in here. He comes there and he says, hey, we're going to sacrifice to the Lord consecrate yourselves look what it says it says that he invited jesse and his sons to the consecration did you read that what verse is that amanda number three you shall invite jesse to the sacrifice and i'll show you what you shall do and anoint me with oh wait no no no, that's not it and above us did you come in peace oh i like that joke and then in peace i'm gonna be a sacrifice and consecrate yourselves and come with me to sacrifice. He also, there it is, verse 5. He also consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Who was not there? David. David's invitation was lost in the mail. He didn't get no invitation to no consecration. He did not get to go to the sacrifice. He missed out. He missed out on the tenderloin. That's right. 
A burnt sacrifice in Texas is called barbecue. <laughs> barbecue, baby. And if you read what they would do, they would, you know, sometimes they burn the, the, you know, they burn the whole thing up. But they didn't burn no heifer all the way up. <laughs> we ain't gonna waste no tenderloin. They burn up the chuck steak. But them ribs, baby, that prime rib, that back strap, also known as filet mignon. They sat down and eat that stuff. That's right. I didn't make that up. So he missed out. He did not get an invitation to the consecration and the sacrifice. And that's some of you. You weren't even considered. He invites Jesse and his sons, and the father, Jesse, decides that David is not equal to the rest of the sons. He's the least, he's the youngest. We're going to keep him out there tending sheep while these other jokers are sitting down to a steak dinner. You see? Hello? I don't know if you've ever felt like that to where you felt excluded. (laughs) Okay, I'm coming down. Y'all are too quiet. Let me get ready. Oh, Lord, I got to wrap it up. (sighs) Hmm. I don't know about you, but I have felt disqualified. I have felt unworthy. I have been told that I was less than, that I did not measure up. And when the invitations were being made up and sent out, they didn't need, my name didn't even come to their mind. They didn't even think of me. And I missed the consecration. And I missed the sacrifice. And Samuel's standing there and the sons are passing by and he sees a strong one and he sees a tall one and he sees a smart one and he sees the capable one. He sees the one that's won all the medals. And God says, don't look as man looks because man looks on the outward. I'm looking at the heart. These are not, this ain't it, baby. You looking for the wrong stuff. God's not looking for what you think that he's looking for. You are not disqualified just because somebody told you that you were not invited. You are not less than just because other people seem to have something that you don't possess. I'm here to tell you, baby, that you may have missed the consecration and you may have missed the sacrifice, but God is looking at your heart and he's going to guarantee you don't miss the anointing. They got to come and they got to eat, but they had to sit and watch as the oil was poured over his head. You don't need what you think you need. God ain't after what you think he's after. He's looking at your heart. He's looking at your heart. 
Some of us, we feel like that it's all passed us by. Maybe because of disappointment. Maybe because we're locked in grief. Maybe because of a loss we weren't expecting. Or maybe it's because others said, you're not worthy. You're never going to be it. You're never going to have it. You're never going to sit at the table. But I've come to tell you that no matter what you've lost and no matter what they took from you, no matter if you were excluded, no matter if it came at a time that you never thought it was going to come, when God says that he's going to pour his oil over your head, it's guaranteed. You're the one he's chosen. You're the one that he's determined. You're the one that... You didn't just get a special invitation. He said, nobody's going to sit down until he gets here. They're going to stand at attention and watch you walk in the door. Listen, I'm talking about a new season is coming. A new season is, is upon us. It's time to take off the widow clothes. It's time to wash the ash out of your hair. It's time to stop lamenting that others didn't think of you. All you got to do is fill that horn with his oil and go where he's bidding you to walk in a holy yes to the Lord. And those that you thought were better than you and those that went before you will not be able to sit down until you walk into that room and God says, there he is. Pour the oil. And it rolled down his head and all the way to his feet. He would be king. Not because of what he had done. Not because of what he had. Not because of what he had won or lost. Not because he was counted worthy. Not because he was the most or first. But simply because God had said so. What is God saying about you today? What does he have in store for you today? Let go of the former season. Neither let it come to mind. Behold, I'll do a new thing. Shall It shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I'll make rivers in the desert and paths in the wilderness. Weeping has endured for a night, but I prophesy that joy is coming in the morning.
Close your eyes. Father, I just hear you so clearly this morning. How long will you grieve, daughter? Now, for some of you may have just started that process. I'm not, listen, I'm not talking about that. Talking about those of us who are locked and paralyzed in the grief and disappointment of lost seasons, lost plans, lost identities. You don't even know who you are without that person. And God is saying it's time to fill your horn with oil and go. He will give you the power to move forward, to go beyond the loss. If he wanted you to go together, he would have done that. But you're here, and God still has a plan. There is still yet more yeses to say to his sweet leading, the Holy Spirit. And no matter what anybody thought of you, no matter whether you felt disqualified or not, no matter what you think you've missed out on, it's all right to miss the consecration. It's okay to miss the sacrifice. But don't miss the anointing. Father, that's what I pray over your people. Let us not miss the anointing that comes with a yes, a willingness to say yes to you even now in our grief, even in our loss. And every single, every single person here, you have a promise yet to be grabbed hold of, a purpose yet to be realized. kingdom yet to be established hmm. so father I pray right now wrap your arms wrap your arms around those of us who are in grief pour the oil of joy for mourning be the God of all comfort give peace that passes understanding when the understandable thing to do is give up or stress out or freak out. You give a peace that goes past all of that. For those of us who we feel like we don't fit and we don't, we're not a part and we don't have whatever we think we got to have, that we've somehow missed it, missed the opportunity. God, right now, let them know. put your hand on their head and give them their new name and let them know that you absolutely have a seat at the table. And it's a seat of honor. Not based on what we have done, but on not even on who we are, 
but on the simple fact of whose we are. We're yours. Will you do that in our life today? We receive it right now. Can somebody just lift their hands and say, I receive this right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us for the New Hope Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit newhopeonline.com.